You're listening to The Influencer Podcast, episode number 47. I wanted to let y'all know that we're officially creeping up on our 50th episode of The Influencer Podcast. That's right. On March 14th, we'll be celebrating number 50. I can't express my gratitude and honor to this amazing community enough, but to try and do so, I'm excited to be hosting a fantastic giveaway as a thank you and to celebrate this milestone. Y'all have given our show so much, and this is a small token of my appreciation and love, as I'm forever grateful for each of you listening and to all of our guests. One lucky winner will be receiving three $100 gift cards, one from Amazon, Nordstrom, and iTunes. To enter, simply follow me on Instagram at Joel Solomon. Sign up for the Influencer Podcast newsletter by going to theinfluencerpodcast.com and scrolling down to the bottom. It's super easy to find. Then head over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. When reviewing the podcast, let us know why you love the podcast and what your biggest takeaway from the past 50 episodes have been. Be sure to mention the 50th episode giveaway so that we can make sure to count you in the giveaway. Lastly, leave your Instagram handle and name in the iTunes review so we can tag the winner on Instagram. Again, follow me on Instagram, sign up for the newsletter, then subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes. That's all you gotta do. I'll be announcing the winner on my Instagram and Instagram stories on March 14th, the day that our 50th episode goes live, so be sure to mark your calendars. Thank you again, and good luck if you're entering. Last week, we had Raina Pomeroy from Raina & Co. and the podcast Creative Empire on this show to help us with all things goal setting, increasing profitability, and leveraging systems. This week, the awe-inspiring Marie Forleo drops by to share her transformational tips to starting and succeeding at your dream business. Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. Each week, Julie Solomon, a marketing strategist and New York Times bestselling publicist, takes you behind the scenes with successful influencers, bloggers, and industry elites in conversation to share how they engage, persuade, and grow their unique influence. Her mission is to share exclusive insider tips, wisdom, and action-based tools to help you strengthen, monetize, and build your own industry-leading influence. Hello, influencers, and welcome to today's episode. Now, when I first started this podcast just last April, I remember writing down my big God dream list of guests that if ever given the opportunity to interview, it would be one of those bucket list moments of utmost gratitude. My list consists of people who are the gold standard for what I admire and aspire to be, not only in my work, but in how I give back to the world around me. There is one name that has always been at the very top of my list, as she has single-handedly given me the courage and determination to create, perform, and share in my most connective way possible. She has allowed me to see the work that I do as a genuine service, and I am not the only one. Oprah named her a thought leader for the next generation. So when she was able to make time to come on the show today, I jumped at the opportunity with a resounding hell yeah. I am, of course, talking about Marie Forleo. As one of Inc.'s 500 fastest growing companies, Marie has built a multi-million dollar business from the ground up through her online business school for entrepreneurs 
B-School. B-School has helped transform the businesses of over 40,000 40, entrepreneurs around the globe. Marie's award-winning weekly online show, Marie TV, has over 35 million views on YouTube and has empowered an audience in 195 countries, including myself, to create a business and life we love. I remember the first time I found Marie TV on YouTube, it was like I had just won the lottery. I remember thinking to myself, where has Marie been all of my life? Do other people know about her in the show? How am I just finding this? It was like she was talking directly to me, like she knew me, my struggles, my challenges. And it's because, well, she does. I quickly learned after going down a massive Marie Forleo online rabbit hole that Marie did in fact know me, or at least that part of me that felt overwhelmed and frustrated with my current job while wanting to follow my entrepreneurial dreams, but terrified to leap. She knows that part of me and that part of the millions of her viewers because she too had been in that same place at one point in her life. Marie's TV show and her live talks on Super Soul Sunday is where I have gone time and time again for guidance, motivation, and support throughout my journey as an entrepreneur. There's just something about Marie, her genuine desire to transform lives and her ability to make any obstacle or challenge figure outable that has made her my go-to online source for purposeful influence. And I can't wait for her to become your go-to source as well. So please join me in warmly welcoming Marie Forleo to the show today. Hello, Marie. Damn, Julie, that's amazing. Thank you. So you just made my day. I just feel I'm like, is she really talking about me? That's incredible. I am. I am so talking about you. And every every piece of that comes from my heart. And I know that there are probably so many that are listening that it comes from their heart as well. And probably so many that are listening that don't know you. And I know that once they do get to know you, it's going to come from their heart too, which is why I'm so excited to have you here today. So just thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I'm thrilled and honored. Yes. So, you know, of course, I, like I said, I've gone down my rabbit hole with you. I feel like I I know so many parts of your journey, but I would love if you could take us back a bit to that time um, that you were on the New York Stock Exchange floor when you really kind of made that decision to follow what you call that still small voice, even though you were flipping terrified and, you know, kind of how you navigated through that process and what it taught you. Yeah. You know, being on the New York Stock Exchange, that was my first official job outside of college. And I was very excited and I was, you know, just super amped to try and make my way in the world as an adult. And I had worked since I was nine years old. um, So working was always fun for me, but this was like the first time that I was doing it full time. And I was just so gung ho and so optimistic. But after a few months, you know, looking at everyone around me, um, and it was 99.9% men. People were making what I felt was like a gajillion dollars. You know, I grew up in New Jersey from a very kind of blue collar, middle-class family. We didn't have a lot of money. My parents worked very, very hard for everything. So to see this contrast of this new world was, it was exciting and it was like a culture shock. But very quickly, I began to realize that uh, most of the people, and again, they were men that were around me, even though they had a ton of money, right? So they were financially rich. They were spiritually bankrupt. They would talk about these like 
two weeks out of the year, the weeks that they had vacation. And it, it felt like that's all they would talk about. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? The day to day was just like, oh my God, I can't wait. You know, we're going to Boca, we're going to here, we're going to Mexico. And I would hear about this for months. And I would just remember this feeling going like, wait, this is crazy. Like I've not seen myself here for my career. And so I kept having this voice inside saying like, this isn't it. This isn't where you're supposed to be, Marie. This is not what you're supposed to do. But I was afraid to listen to it at first because I was terrified, even though it was saying, this isn't what you're supposed to do. That voice didn't tell me what else I was supposed to do instead. And so that was panic stricken for me. Again, not coming from a lot of money. It's not like I could just quit and then you know my bills would pay for themselves. I, I had quite a bit of debt after college. And I was the first in my family to go to college. So that was this big moral kind of familial responsibility. I didn't want to seem like a loser. And so really it got to a point where one day that voice got so loud that I almost started to have a panic attack on the floor. Like I couldn't breathe. It was getting really uncomfortable for me physically. And I told my boss, I was like, yeah, I I need to go get a coffee. Is that okay? Which was a thing that happened in those days. Um, Now there's like a whole kind of cafeteria there, but back in the day there actually wasn't and you had to leave to go out to get anything. And so uh, I told my boss I was, you know, going to get a coffee and I had my little blue jacket on. If you ever watched CNBC or MSNBC or, you know, you see things happening on the floor, people always running around these kind of blazers with labels on the lapel talking about which house you work for. And I ran out and I didn't go get coffee. I ran to Trinity Church. Um, So I was raised Catholic and I just graduated from a Catholic university. So um, for me, any time in my life that I am really terrified and things are not working, (laughs) I just talk to God. (laughs) I'm like, yes, I take myself to church. And I remember just sitting on the church steps crying because I felt like, I felt like such a loser. I felt lost. I felt scared. I felt all of these things. It was just a lot of panic. And so I called my dad. Um, I had a little like flip phone in my, in my pocket. And I called my dad because I was so terrified. Not that I was terrified of him. I just, I knew how hard he worked to help put me through school. And again, I knew I was the first in my family to even go to college and I didn't want to be a total disappointment to him. And I just was like, <laughs> I didn't even let him get word in edgewise. I was like, dad, I hate this. I got to quit. I don't know what else I want to do. I'm so sorry. You know, and I was just going on and he's like, Ray, calm down. He's like, it's okay. He's like, if your job is making you this sick, if this isn't what you want to do for the rest of your life, he's like, you got to listen to me. You have to find something you love, no matter how long it takes you you have to find that thing. And he's like, I'm not worried about you. You know, you've been babysitting since you were nine years old. You work constantly. You'll figure out a way to pay your bills. Like that part, I'm not worried about. He said, but if, if your heart is telling you to quit and that this isn't it, you got to listen to that. And I'm like, but I don't know what else I'm supposed to do. He's like, you're fine. It, you know, and he had like this calm, steady <laughs> way. I can't believe it, but you know, uh, it was really important for me to hear. And I think within like a week or two, I quit that job. Mm. As creators, we often don't have a huge team to build our business, but that doesn't mean that we have to do it alone. Kajabi gives you all the tools that you need to build a profitable business. Kajabi is your all-in-one platform for digital products. Designed for creators to create, market, and sell their digital content, no matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills passions, and experiences into enriching online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, thriving communities, personalized coaching, and so much more. 
Now, there is a reason why Kajabi has been the go-to place for over a decade for so many creators. And you guys know how much I love data. You hear me talk about it all the time on this podcast, the importance of analytics. With Kajabi, you also get robust analytics, easy payment options, email marketing tools, and customizable website templates. With Kajabi, you also get robust analytics, easy payment options, email marketing tools, and customizable website templates, all built in. The best part? You don't need a huge audience to make sustainable income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com influencer. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash influencer. Kajabi dot com slash influencer and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $6 billion. Now we know that running a small business is no feat, but our friends at JustWorks are here to make it a whole lot easier for us. JustWorks software automates HR for both employees and admins. As a reliable and flexible platform, JustWork earns back time so you can focus on running your business with big confidence. Signing up is a breeze. In just 30 minutes, you can set up payroll that streamlines paying your team, saves time, and mitigates errors. And it's desktop and mobile friendly. Plus, you can get ready to pay yourself and your amazing team in as little as two business days. That is the kind of speed and efficiency that we need as small businesses. You can even integrate time tracking and benefits that support running your small business with ease. Don't miss your chance to get one month free by visiting justworks.com slash influencer. Secure the limited time offer and start letting JustWorks run your payroll so you don't have to. Start your free month now at justworks.com slash influencer. And then from there, was it, were you able to kind of navigate like, oh, okay, so I quit there, like, and, and then oh, where no. did you go? Like, how did that? Yeah, the terror just began <laughs> to increase. That was just, that was just step one of terror and nightmares for me. Um, I was really trying to piece together, Julie, like, who am I? And the only clues I had were really from my childhood, right? Mm-hmm. I knew I was very creative, you know, as a, as a young child, when your parents give you one of those books or when people ask you, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up, which is one of those classic questions. I never answered one thing. I always had like seven or eight, sometimes 10 things. And half of them were creative, meaning I wanted to be an animator for Disney. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a fashion designer. I wanted to be a fine artist. I wanted to be a dancer. I wanted to be an actress. I wanted, you know, all of these things. And then I was also like, and I want to be in advertising. I want to have my own business. I want to have my own company. Like there was like these two sides of me. And that's all I knew. Those were my clues. So I racked my brain and tried to understand, you know, what is a possible job that blends this massive creative side that I have and the business side. And from an objective perspective, I said, okay, I've spent the last four years studying business. I actually started off as a psych major in, in college because human potential and how we can all achieve our best has been something that has been fascinating for me my entire life. But I didn't graduate as a psych major. I graduated as a business major. 
And so I kind of went back and I was like, okay, maybe I'm leaning a little too heavily on the business side of who I am. Maybe I need to get more on the creative side. And the only thing that came up in my mind was the world of magazines. I'm like, well, magazines are kind of cool. I've always loved reading magazines. They have the advertising end of it. There's the editorial end of it. It's this blend, at least I thought, that could be a good fit. And so I went to headhunters and you know went to temp agencies and I wiggled my way into a job uh, in Condé Nast Publishing at the advertising side of Gourmet Magazine, which was a f- like their top food title at that time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, this is going to be great. I'm working in advertising. It's, you know, there's a lot more women here. And it's food. Yeah, Yeah. it's like this big prestigious place. And uh, at first it was awesome. And I really appreciated my boss. She was so nice. And um, the publisher of the magazine was a woman and I admired her. I'm like, okay, this is amazing. This is really cool. Six months in, Julie, I started having that same voice. Mm. I thought, this isn't it, Marie. This is not it. And I started dreading going to work. And I'm like, oh no, like not this again. Like this is like Groundhog's Day. It keeps following me. It keeps following me. And I was starting to get a little bit panicky because I'm like, what is wrong with me? Why do I not want to keep any job? And so I rationalized. I said, okay, maybe you are still too much on the business side. Maybe you need to be on the editorial side, like massive creativity with the art directors and the editors and all of that stuff. So I went to HR and again, this kind of, it's just a little reflective perhaps of my like determination and negotiation skills. I was like, look, I really think I should be on the editorial side. You know, I'll do anything. I'll take a pay cut no matter what it takes, just get me over there. And so I got a position in the fashion editorial department at Mademoiselle magazine. Hmm. I was like, okay, this has got to be it, right? Yeah. This is it. This is it. I'm going to fashion shows. I'm talking with designers, working with photographers. I'm like, okay, that's fabulous. That's great. But then that voice piped up again. And one of my clues was me actually looking ahead and going, do I want to become my boss? Mm. Because again, I'm a very ambitious and driven person. So one of my frames was, you know, okay, great. I'm here, but do I want to climb this ladder? And I realized right back on Wall Street, I didn't want to become like those guys. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They were like leaving at four, going to strip clubs, you know, snorting lines of Coke. And then that was it. Like that, that was their whole life and living for two weeks of vacation. I was like, nope, that's not me. Then even at the advertising side, I really respected and admired the publisher, but I'm like, I don't want to be that. That is not in my heart at all. Mm. Now on the editorial side, and I'm just going to be real about this. When I learned what the editor-in-chiefs make in terms of a salary, I was like, oh, hell no. (laughs) I am not doing all this work for that. No, no. And I will tell you, one of the most frustrating things for me about having a job was I couldn't stand that I had the same paycheck every week. Mm -hmm. That was so frustrating to me because I had grown up, you know, my first jobs were babysitting and I actually would upsell my babysitting customers. Like I remember the one woman that I worked for, you know, I'd take care of her kids and I realized she had all of this incredible makeup, you know, in her bathroom. I was like, Hey, do you want me to like clean this up and organize it for you? And, you know, she was like, Oh my God, yeah, I'll give you another you know, whatever, however much money it was, $10 or $5. And then I was like, Hey, you guys are having a party. Do you want me to like help DJ it again? I'm like 10 years old. So this idea that the harder I worked, the more I made became ingrained in me. So it was really not making sense when I was on the editorial side, like, wait a minute, this editor in chief, I see her in like 7am. She doesn't leave until, you know what I mean? 10pm. That's her salary. I was like, no, 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 no. So I was starting to hear that voice again. And thankfully, one day I was on the internet and I stumbled upon this article. You have to get this, like 1999, Julie, Mm -hmm. right? This is epically long ago. 
it was about a new art uh, profession at the time called coaching. No one had heard of this. Again, we're recording this in 2018 where everyone has heard of a coach like a million times over. We're almost like, is there enough people to actually coach others? Yes, there is. But my point is, it was very not mainstream yet. It was on the fringes. When I read that article, Julie, something in me lit up like never before. It was one of those moments, and they are rare in life, but I do think they occur, where metaphorically the clouds parted the angels started singing like, oh, little trumpets sounded, sunbeams were shooting out of my eyes. And I honestly felt like whatever this is, right, whatever I'm reading about right now, this is it. Did you feel it in your body at that moment? Yep. I totally felt it in my body and my extremely vicious critical mind instantly said, this is dumb. This is so crazy. You are 23 years old. You, you don't even want to hold down a job. You're quitting everything. You're a total loser. You have nothing to offer. Who the hell is going to hire a 23-year-old life coach? This is stupid. <laughs> so that's what my logical mindset. Thankfully, I'd experienced so much pain from constantly trying to work in different jobs and giving it my best, but, but again, getting to the point where I was sick, where I had to quit, mm. that... I trusted that still small voice. And on the spot, I signed up for a three-year coaching training program and I kept my uh, position at Mademoiselle. And so I did my studies at night and I worked at the magazine during the day. And about six months into my coach training, I got a call from the HR department and they wanted to offer me a promotion to move over to Vogue. And it was more money and it was more prestige. And so that was my fork in the road. Mm. Either stick with this steady paycheck and healthcare (laughs) and stability and a path and the prestige and all of that stuff or quit and do this really weird kind of cheesy life coaching thing that your rational, logical brain thinks is total BS. Right. That no one's ever heard of. (laughs) That no one's ever heard of. That is ridiculous. And so of course I chose to quit and do that. And like, so there's so many things here of just, you know, fear and, but, 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 but kind of seeing it and and more importantly, feeling it in your bones and knowing that this, that this voice is, is telling you to follow your fear, you know, and that's really going to lead you your way, but it's really kind of how you started your business from scratch. I mean, you had, I mean, there there wasn't even social media at that time. So, I mean, you had no online brand, no followers, no, 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 anything, no platform. And you, you, so, so when you were doing this, you were kind of, you were still working your job and then you kind of had this as like the side hustle for you to really start to learn, I guess, the, the process in which you could build this out. Yeah. So when I quit my job at Vogue, I didn't have income and I had a lot of debt from college. So I went back to doing what actually helped put me through college, which was bartending and waiting tables. Mm. Any side gig I could, because again, I'm living in New York City, which is not an inexpensive city to live in at any decade. Um, and so I just hustled and I got a bunch of bartending jobs. I got, you know, like anything I could do, I would work my tail off at night and on the weekends and some days if I had to, but I tried to reserve my days to work on my coaching business. And there was for a few reasons. One, it was survival. I had to keep a roof over my head. I had to, you know, feed myself the mac and cheese and the ramen noodles. But two, I had so much insecurity, Julie, so much fear and self-doubt. I didn't think I was educated enough. I don't have an MBA. Again, I'm 23 years old. Who the hell do I think I am? I'm terrified. But here's the one thing that I understood. I did not want to emanate 
desperate energy as a life coach. Like what is more pathetic than that? It's so pathetic. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like shameful, like how pathetic I was. And um, so I figured though, if I didn't need money from my coaching clients at first, and I could just work on like figuring this out and gaining skills to really help people change their lives and do that for free for a bit, then when I felt confident enough that I was actually worth some money, then I could start charging people for it, mm. if that makes sense. So I relied completely on all of my side gigs. Some of them were cleaning people's toilets, you name it, I did it mm-hmm. so that I could figure out how to run a business. And like you said, you know, we all start from scratch. And when some people say, but I'm starting from nothing, I'm like, honey, where do you think everybody starts from? <laughs> nothing. Right. 99% of us start with zero followers, with no website, with no clue. And we are a bag full of insecurity and self-doubt. And guess what? On that insecurity and self-doubt bit, that never goes away. It's such a big myth. Everyone thinks like, oh, you know, and sometimes I'll get this question like, Marie, you know, how did you get over that self-doubt? I'm like, get over it. Get over it. <laughs> I have never gotten over right. it. I am still I was full of with it this morning at breakfast. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. You just learn to act despite it mm. and you don't take it so seriously. So that would be Actually, the first step. Just act yes. despite it. Yeah. You don't have to be the most confident person in the world. You don't have to be, you know, you don't have to not have insecurity. You don't have to not have bad days. You don't have to have your life altogether and perfect. That's the biggest myth that holds people back so much. Mm. What you do have to do is stay in action and have a focus on service. Mm. That's important. You do have to focus on honing your craft and being able to really deliver results for people. But there's a, a principle that I live by. No two things can occupy the same space at the same time. So in any given moment, Julie, you are either obsessed with your own insecurity, right? Mm -hmm. You're beating yourself up. You have all your attention on you. I'm not good enough. I'm not this enough. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too whatever. Or you're actually doing the work, meaning your attention is out. You're writing the email. You're making the content. You're helping someone. You're being of service. You're trying to be there to help deliver value to another human being. In the moments that we're really engaged, we have no attention on our insecurity. Have you noticed that? Right. No, it's so true. None. And because we're None. creating, you know, we're yes. putting it out into the world instead of just yes. being the, that yes. self-indulgent consumption of fear and doubt and, you know. It's listening to the critical voice in your mind. So the mind is not designed to make you happy. It is not designed to make you feel satisfied. It is designed to help you survive. And the way it does that is it's constantly scanning for negativity. And when you're not busy enough and you're not engaged enough or you start comparing yourself to others... It's a shit show. Yeah. Sorry, forgive me, but it is, it is for all of us. And what are some, because I mean, one of the things that I love that, you, that you've taught me through your show and your work is that importance of really kind of accepting the discomfort, right? And, and using it as a way to, to navigate and kind of as, yes. a, as a compass, if you will, that even though you fail and you fail and you fail, that's kind of really how we overcome is, is, is that strength within that struggle. And um, could you share if there are a couple of tactical ways in which you have found that we can take that discomfort or those discomforting moments and use it as a growth opportunity instead of just giving up or going back into that self-indulgent place. Yes. It all comes down to how you perceive and frame your experience of life. So there's actually one thing that you need to know. Um, And the way people process this or enact on this, there can be a million variations. But here's a mantra that everyone should remember because it's the best thing you'll ever give yourself. I win or I learn, but I never lose. Mm. 
I win or I learn, but I never lose. So what does that mean? That means you are going to fall on your knees. You're going to get scraped. You're going to do things that aren't going to work. You're going to spend money in silly ways. You're going to hire people that aren't the right people. You're going to make a fool out of yourself, whether it's online or in person. I have done all of these things many, 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 many times. And they're uncomfortable. Sometimes I'll want to cry. And by the way, I do think that you should let yourself cry. You should let yourself have the emotions that you have. You're a human being. And uh, especially, I believe, uh, particularly women, we struggle, you know, gosh, are we not strong if we have emotions? Like, should we hold all that back? Should we never show it? I think unfelt emotions get locked in your body and they actually begin to stunt your creativity and your ability to experience love and connection. Mm. So when you don't allow yourself to really feel those things and you try and like muscle up or be tough or pretend it doesn't hurt, I think you're doing yourself a disservice and eventually it'll come to bite you in the butt. Mm, that's so true. And, um, and, and it, it's only going to stunt you from really, you know, what you always say that I love is that like you're stealing from those who need you the most. You say that all yes. the time and I love that. And, and that, what you just said to me that, that resonates with that, that if I'm doing that, I'm just stealing from those who need me the most. Yes. And let me give a little more context to that phrase. I particularly tell that to people around self-expression and around marketing and selling whatever it is that they have to offer. Now, if you're a business owner, that's your product or your service. If you're not a business owner, but you're someone who wants to behave in an entrepreneurial way, which by the way, Julie, I think is the only way that we are going to thrive now and then in the future in terms of work and livelihood. If you don't do everything possible to express your gifts and who you are and how you can serve others, right? It's not about look at how great I am. It's like, hey, how can I be of service to you? If you don't shout it from the rooftops, if you don't try and get in front of the people that you can actually make a difference to, you are stealing from those who need you most. Every single one of us comes to this planet with a unique set of talents and gifts that only we have. I always like to remind people, there never has been and there never will be another you. Like you are a one-time mega event in the universe. So do not get it twisted. You playing small, you holding back, you going like, oh no, but I'm going to annoy people or what are they going to think of me? And you know what I mean? They're going to think I'm annoying. It's like, screw that. You're, You're literally here for like a minute. And if you don't do everything you possibly can to be you, you really are stealing that gift from the world and it will never have that gift again ever and it and it, all it does is is create more of that that scarcity and that that grief cycle and you know comparing and not enough and not enough and not enough and you know that's the biggest thing that i no matter what you know my listeners will will kind of um you know when when we engage and they'll they'll give me the feedback of what challenges they may be having at the root of all of it what i really hear them saying is that i'm not enough there isn't mm-hmm. enough i'm not enough Mm-hmm. What have you found the best way throughout your your you know ups and downs and your growth as you know not only a businesswoman but just as a human being on this planet? Have you yes. found to really overcome those false empowerments that we give to other people or other ideas or you know that idea of scarcity of not being enough in the world? And how do we overcome that and, and take that power back for ourselves? Well, I think understanding that the fear of not being good enough is actually universal, right? There's probably maybe one or two folks that um, I don't even know them, but likely they exist with seven point however many billion people on the planet. 
that that out. They're like, you know what? I'm actually way more than enough and everybody should have some of me. That's awesome. I haven't met those humans. You know, they may feel that from time to time. Uh, thankfully, we all hopefully feel some of that beautiful, genuine, loving, I'm awesome and you're awesome too kind of thing. But my point is the fear of not being good enough is one of the most universally shared fears that we humans have. Mm. So understanding if you have that, you're not alone. The way I want to answer this though, is actually through the scarcity many of us can feel specifically around money. Cause I think that that's another lens through which we're like, Oh my God, there's not enough. There's not enough. And something that has really worked for me in terms of that is to train yourself to act before you think. Mm. So action changes thinking. It's a great little acronym, right? Right. And when I was first starting out, I remember one of the biggest things that I had to overcome in terms of my own scarcity thinking was just the reality that there was not enough money in my bank account. And I was like, God, I have so many hangups about money. How do I get over this? And I knew it was possible. The truth in my soul knew that there was more than enough for everybody to go around, which by the way, this is analogous to what we were just talking about, right? Right. I'm not enough. I can't get enough attention. There's not enough people. No one's going to like me. No, no, no. There's more than enough to go around for you too. But back to the money thing, I realized that the only way to permanently break and shatter that scarcity mindedness was through changing my behavior, was through starting to act by which I knew what was true, that there was more than enough to go around and let my thinking catch up to my actions. Does that make sense? So I reversed the process. Yeah, that does. So (laughs) what I did- Yes. So if you act in a certain way enough times, all of a sudden you start to send the signals to your subconscious and to your whole being that you're like, oh, this must be the truth. Yes, this is my new reality. And you step into it. So what that looked like for me tactically as it related to money was I said, okay, I'm going to break this money scarcity once and for all. And I, this was still early on in my coaching days and I had a group coaching program coming up and it was still at that time when I opened my checkbook. I would get nervous because I wasn't sure if there was enough every month. And I said, however many people sign up for this coaching program, you know, whether it's 10 or 20 or 100 or 200 or however many people sign up, I am going to give away 10% of my profits. And at that time, for anyone who's ever not had enough in your life, you can relate to the fact you're like, wait a minute, like your brain starts freaking out. Like there's not enough for you. There's no savings. There's no cushion. Like you can't give away something that you don't have. But I was always committed, Julie, to having my business be more, be about more than just profits and be about more than just making me money. I don't care about shoes. I don't care about tons of clothes. I don't care about material things. For me, what it's about is really making a bigger impact. And financial empowerment, especially for women, is a core issue for me. I can't stand not seeing that real in the world and the inequality that exists. It's just heartbreaking. Anyway, I made that commitment. And uh, at the end of the day, I think, you know, a few hundred people signed up and it turned out to be about $7,000. Like that was the amount that I was going to give away. That was an enormous amount of money for me. I was like, oh my God, like I'm going to give away seven. Oh my God. Like I was so excited. It was crazy. And I always had this fantasy of giving away like, do you know one of those jumbo big checks? Like I was, it's just a cheesy fantasy. I was like, I want to be able to give away a jumbo big check to an organization that like really does great work yeah. you know, and really needs it. Wouldn't you know it, a friend of mine, a colleague had just launched this initiative with the UN called Girl Up and it was completely devoted to getting the world's 
underprivileged and um, basically all the girls around the world in developing nations who are denied an education and education. And I was like, oh my God, yes. Sign me up. Sign me up. So I said, hey, you know, you guys invited me to the launch party. Um, Can I bring a a check, like a kind of big check? And they're like, oh my God, that's so much fun. Yes, please do it. So I went to their launch party. It was in um, New York City in the Viacom building, which ironically was one of the places that um, I used to work. Hmm. And uh, I walked into this party and I wound up presenting this check. And it was like, it was one of the most meaningful moments for me in terms of this breaking the scarcity complex, because I proved to myself demonstrably that not only was there enough, but I was capable enough to earn money. And I was more than capable enough to give a lot of it away. Mm. And that fueled me up. And here's the interesting thing that happened. I stepped off that stage and a woman came up to me and she introduced herself. She's like, oh my goodness, I was so inspired by your talk. And I want to introduce myself. I uh, work for Richard Branson and we're looking for entrepreneurs like you. We're doing a trip to South Africa to mentor other entrepreneurs. And we're interested to see if maybe you might want to consider coming with us. I cannot, Julie, first of all, Richard Branson had been on my list of like just humans that I think are amazing and that have done just legendary big things and who have big hearts. I started jumping up and down and screaming like right there in my heels. There was I have no ability. There's no filter on me and I cannot keep it cool. And I don't have a poker face. Like those are not my gifts and skills at all. <laughs> so I just tell that story because, you know, one of the best ways you can overcome scarcity in any sense is to act before you think. Mm. It's to start behaving your way into a new reality. Mm, and I love that the, just the whole, the whole vision of you being in a building that you used to work at and now yes. you have come, you know, this, this kind of full circle moment and you're able to give this away and then the gift that you were given, the second yes. that you gave the gift. Yeah, it was insane. It's a it was beautiful insane. thing. Since I am all about habits and routines and goals for the new year, let's talk about healthy eating. Now, obviously, this is a hot topic for so many of us right now because I know that so many people are looking to revamp their eating habits in the new year. But I think so often we fall short because of a few things. One, it can be really time consuming to cook fresh meals every day, especially as a parent. Two, it can be time consuming and difficult to prepare and go to the grocery store and just have all the ingredients that we need for the week. And so if you're anything like me, what tends to happen is that we fall back on old habits of just ordering out all of our meals or snacking around meals or just grabbing whatever we find in the pantry and not really giving our bodies the nourishment that we need. But a really simple solution that I have found for the new year is HelloFresh. Whether you want to save money, eat better, or stress less, HelloFresh is here to help you do all three. Imagine having farm fresh ingredients and chef crafted recipes delivered to your doorstep, no grocery store chaos. Also, what I love about HelloFresh is that everything comes pre-portioned right to your doorstep, which is a huge perk for me because of the time savings, and there's less hassle and less wasted food. Another perk with me because with two small kids in the house, it is so easy for us to waste food. And that drives me crazy. And even if there are nights where you barely have any time to cook, what you can do is check out their lineup of 15 minute recipes, which are amazing. These are great for those nights when you're just trying to catch up on all the duties and you just need a healthy but quick option. I made a really good chicken dish the other night, and they also have some good vegan options. My husband is also gluten free, so they have something for everybody, regardless of what your dietary preferences may be. And this is huge for. For so many of us, as I know. Now, here is the big news. HelloFresh understands the breakfast game and how important getting protein first thing in the morning is. So HelloFresh is giving all subscribers free 
breakfast for life. Yes, you heard it right. A free breakfast item with every single delivery. I mean, who wouldn't want to wake up to that? We all know the importance of breakfast and getting that protein fix in the morning. And the fact that I just don't have to think about it just made HelloFresh a no-brainer for me this year. So that means you will enjoy a totally free breakfast item with every single HelloFresh delivery. So go to HelloFresh.com slash influencer free and use code influencer free for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while the subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash influencer free with the code influencer free. Check it out and find out why HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Um, I was in spin class last night. And for me, spin class is like a gym church. <laughs> like yeah. I either go to spin and I either come out of the class with some like, cl- like so much clarity, like I've just solved all the world's problems or I come out of there just like weeping in a pool of my own sweat and tears after going through some, you know, getting to the other side of some kind of like crazy grief, guilt, shame thing that I, you know, had made up and told myself and going through all of that. But somehow always in, in some of these moments, um, I met with just such pure awe and bewilderment of everything that I have to be grateful for and everything that we really all have to be grateful for. And maybe I'm the only one that experienced this from a spin class, but I would love to talk to you about gratitude um, because I know that you that you talk so much about this. And, mm-hmm. and for so many people who are listening today who could really add a bit more gratitude in their day. And, and that story that you just, that you just shared was, was so beautiful, uh, such a beautiful example of, you know, when you really do come from this place of gratitude, look at the gifts that the world, the universe will give back to you. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's important, especially in our world to really keep like a humble perspective and to understand uh, rising income inequality, both here in the United States, if you happen to be here in the United States or around the globe, it's sickening. It's disgusting. It's not okay. When you understand how many children, like thousands and thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of children are dying every single day because they don't have enough food. How many women are denied an education that are being married off before the age of 18 to a man that's four decades older than them, that they wind up getting abused and beaten and raped. When you understand the complexity of this world and how many people have barely anything to survive on, many of us need to really sit down and spend a lot more time on gratitude. Mm. And the moment we start going to think everything's not working, it's like, are you breathing right now? Is there any food in your kitchen? Do you have any kind of shelter? Is there any clothes on your body? If so, be grateful. Mm. Be really grateful and take a very large look at the rest of the world and realize that some people would die for a fraction of your privilege. So true. Mm. Just sitting with that for a moment. Do you have a moment in your day? Do you start your day that you think about those things? Or is that just something that's kind of within you as a reminder? It's something that's in me and it's something that I pay attention to. You know, sometimes in the world of personal development and spirituality, it's like, oh, well, I don't, you know, I don't look at the news. It's a lot of negativity. And I'm like, bullshit, watch the news. You need to be aware as a global citizen of the injustices and the violence and what this world really is. You don't sit around in your cocoon and meditate all day with your crystals. You don't sit around with your green juice and say, oh my God, no, 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 no. That doesn't mean that you have to stew in it. 
That doesn't mean that you watch it 24 seven, but that means that you have to understand the struggles of other people and you have to keep an eye on what you can do in little ways, in big ways, how you can use your life to support others. And so for me, it's something that's in me and I'm constantly feeding myself information through research and through paying attention on what's happening so that I don't forget. Mm. I know that one of the things um, that you have always spoken about that you're a huge believer in that you, you learned it from your mama yes. is what you call um, the idea that everything is figure outable. Yes. Um, and still to this day, because I was, I was kind of raised on, on that mentality too. I, you know, I had a single mom who had to just figure it out. Right. And so when I talk to some people, whether speaking or whatnot, I, I, there's still people out there that even though they hear, they hear it, you know, they hear it from you, they hear it from others. They still have a hard time figuring it out for themselves. Mm -hmm. So to me, this is really about the idea of just being and becoming more resourceful. How can we become more resourceful? Are there simple tools or tips that you can share that helps us figure it out? Yes. Well, one of the things I think it is vital that you embed that belief into every cell of your being. If you do that, you know, I don't care what methods you use to do it. You write that on a piece of paper, you journal about it every morning, you put it in your meditation, you put it on your screensaver on your phone, you know, you say it out loud in the mirror, like Stuart Smarley or what there was like some kind of an old school, like, I like myself. I like myself rather than saying that in the mirror, say everything is figure outable. Everything is figure outable. Everything is figure outable. I don't care what cheesy thing you got to do. Do it to embed that belief in your soul. And the reason why is because our beliefs drive our behavior and our behavior drives our destiny. In terms of how to figure anything out, start before you're ready, right? There's really like three things to remember in terms of tactical application. Start before you're ready. We live in the most miraculous time, Julie, right? Sometimes I will actually laugh and I'm going to be a little funny here, but it's real. Sometimes I'll see a comment and I'll be like, does anyone know the meaning of something? I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, there's a site, like, let me effing Google that for you. I feel like just putting that URL right in there. I'm like, come on, come on. It's not a call out for connection, right? It's not like, hey, I'm having trouble distinguishing, you know, the the kind of distinction between this word and that word. You know, it's not, it's not a request for that. It's literally a request for someone to Google something for them. So I'd say being proactive and starting before you're ready, Google, pick up a phone, YouTube, right? There are so many different ways. If there's anything that you want to learn about, we live in the most information rich time in history and everything's at your fingertips. And most often it's free. You can go to the library and take out books. There are so many different ways to get things started. Just as a simple story, it was um, maybe like two months ago um, here in Los Angeles, you know how a kitchen sprayer, you know, like you have a little kitchen sprayer that you pull up the thing Mm -hmm. and it's like a little spray hose. It broke, right? It's a kitchen sprayer and it broke. And I'm like, oh, that's not cool. And it, it would hurt me every morning because I have my coffee and the coffee grinds are everywhere and I don't have the sprayer to help. And I'm like, okay, well, I could either call, I tried to call a plumber and no one was around and it was probably going to cost, you know, like $500,000. I'm like, no way I can figure this out. You better know, Julie, that my butt was on YouTube looking and I was watching all of the tutorials about how to fix a kitchen sprayer. Took me a couple days, right? Maybe not the smartest use of my time. People might make fun of me, but Damn it! I figured it, figured out. it out. I, I went to the I went to the little um, you know hardware store. I got the exact thing, and within a day or two, it was done. So start before you're ready. Google, YouTube, read, 
pick up a phone, start asking questions. That is the process by which we go from not knowing something to knowing something. And then I would say step number two is clarity comes from engagement, not thought. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to figure something out, you're probably not going to get the answer sitting on your couch. You're probably not going to get the answer just journaling about it. You might get a download about a little indication of what you should do or someone to call, but you have to take that action. So don't try and figure things out in your head. Test, experiment, engage, try things. Treat everything as though it's an exploration. Be curious. Don't be worried about whether or not you're going to fail or succeed. Just look for feedback. That's what we get when we experiment, right? We're just looking, hmm, what are the results that came back? You don't take it personally. You just look. And then progress, not perfection. This is huge. When you figure, when you're in the kind of figure outable philosophy, as I call it, you're always going for progress, not perfection. So I had a lot of false starts with my little kitchen sprayer. I tried a bunch of things that didn't work. Then when I went to the hardware store, I was like, hey, I tried this, this, and this. These things didn't work. What do you think I should do? They helped me keep progressing. And then eventually it happened. Same thing with building a business. Do you know how many years I had side gigs, Julie? Seven. Wow. Seven years I had side gigs before I could figure out and had the confidence to go full in on my business full time before I was willing to let go of my bartending jobs and my, at the time, teaching hip hop and dance and fitness. It took me a while. So you've got to think long-term. And when you're going for progress, not perfection, you stay on the path. Mm. So I hope that could be helpful in terms of the tactical ways to figure things out. In seven years. I mean, you were side hustling before side hustling was a, yes. was a hustle. <laughs> OG side hustler. Proud of it. Um, Okay. B-school, Marie. B-school. B-school. Yes, yes, yes. I want you to share with us, what is B-school? Who is it for? How will B-school help those listening today take action? Yes. Let us know. So B-School is online business school for modern entrepreneurs. What that means, it's an eight-week, very transformative program that takes anyone who wants to start or grow a modern business that's also profitable, but makes a difference in the world, this is the place to go. We started it nine years ago. We only open it up one time a year. We went from having about 200 students in that first class to now over 40,000 graduates, which we are very, very proud of. Mm-hmm across 160 industries that span 130 countries. So I don't care if you want to be uh, someone who sells yarn, which we have an incredible story, a woman who started selling yarn and she has now a multi-million dollar business. Someone who wants to start a hula hooping conference, again, started from nothing, has a very profitable hula hooping traveling company. If it's juice, yoga, coaching, writing, rowing, like, I mean, farming, flowers, (laughs) it doesn't matter. (laughs) you want to take something you believe in and market and sell it online, then B-School is for you. The reason I started it was because when I was first beginning my business, I had such a challenging time. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. The online world was in its infancy. When I was going to business conferences and marketing seminars, and again, just doing my best to learn, 99.9% of the people out there were men on those stages teaching. I did not identify with the ethics or their style. Much of the messaging was around extracting as much profit as possible. And I just felt like I was like in WWF and not a good way. I love body slams as much as the next person, but not when it comes to your customers. And everything was like these yellow highlighters and flashing arrows. And I was like, oh my God, this hurts my eyes. There was no aesthetic. There was no heart, no soul, no humor, no personality. And I just had this vision that business 
it could not only be a, a vehicle for, for profitability, but it can also be a vehicle to be a force for good in the world. Mm. And so I would also, at that same time, because I was side hustling, I was meeting so many women through my bartending job, through being a Nike athlete, through my coaching work, through speaking. And so many women would come up to me and they'd say, Marie, how are you, how are you doing all this? Like, how are you running everything and how is it working? And I said, it's because I understand business and marketing because I've been training in it. And they would say, oh, well, that's great. I want to do my own thing, but I hate marketing. I hate sales. It's so gross. And I heard this so many times, Julie, and I'd want to shake women because I would say, no, 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 no. You can't outsource this. You can't forget about this. You can't just be the creative person and let someone handle the business side. That is death. Mm. And so I looked at that as a huge opportunity, my own personal experience and having such a tough time figuring this out. And also the pain points of so many women that I was talking to. And I realized that I had an opportunity to create a transformative experience that would teach people the timeless principles of understanding how to take something that they believed in and share it with the world using digital tools in a way that was completely aligned with their values, their integrity, their personality, and their heart. Mm. So <laughs> that's a, a lot that I can tell you about B-School um, in a fairly short amount of time. It, it's incredible. Oh, and I love that you said timeless because I mean, you're, this is its 10th year that it's been launching year. it. I mean, that's, I mean, it, it truly has worked over the past decade to transform 40,000 people's lives. Yes. And the reason that is, is because we actually focus on what doesn't change rather than what does. So you can learn about the newest little thing happening on Instagram or the newest like, you know, change in the algorithm on Facebook. You can Google that. You can go find that on YouTube. What people are lacking is the underpinning. They are lacking the understanding of the timeless principles that will work regardless of how the platforms change and they will continue to. So B-School, the reason why it's so powerful is because we focus on human psychology. Mm. We focus on what hasn't changed in millennia. We focus on teaching you how to communicate and how to connect and how to convert in a way that brings out the best of your humanity, not the worst. Mm. So that's why it works. And that's why it works over time. <laughs> well, I know that you released the, the three-part video series, which I signed up for, yes. by the way, and it's amazing. So Thank I want you. to make sure that everyone goes to marieforleobschool.com right now to, um, to grab your free downloadable as well. Um, but can you share what listeners can also expect um, to learn from the, the free video content? Yes. So it's really like a big free business building workshop. The first video focuses on the six pillars of building an online business. One of the things that I've seen across the years is that whenever we're getting started or even when we're trying to go grow, quite frankly, most of us feel overwhelmed and confused. And as the internet continues to grow more complex and there's more platforms to pay attention to, Instagram's like three platforms in itself, right? There's main posts, there's stories, and there's live. People don't know where to put their focus. So the first video helps clear away confusion and gives people a really clear roadmap of what they should pay attention to, the actions they should take, and why. And so you can do a bit of a self-diagnostic to see, oh gosh, which one of these six pillars really needs more of my attention right now? Or maybe it's all six, but you can download the workbook that goes along with it and start to create an action plan for yourself. The second video, which is probably one of my most favorite, is because, uh, what we really talk about in that video is why you have to shift your mindset about marketing, especially if you're someone who feels it's gross or you feel uncomfortable with it, or you just don't know how to do it right, or you feel it's not your strength. I promise you, if you watch that second training video, 
for the love of all things holy, it will change your viewpoint on marketing forever. Even if you never do B-School, even if you find me terribly annoying, please watch video number two for yourself, (laughs) for yourself, so you can really take those ideas and apply them. And then video number three, we really just tackle seven of the top excuses that all of us can use to hold ourselves back from sharing and expressing and being as great as we are meant to be. You also get to meet some other B-Schoolers in that video, in video number three, um, that, and we talk really about you know, how different people from different industries and different experience levels have used B-School to really grow their dream. It's not my dream. It's their dream. And that's what I get excited about is giving people the tools to make whatever they want to create come to life. And what I loved about the training videos, because, and I want the listeners that are listening to know that it's not just like some, you know, everyday old training video that you're just going to see online. I mean, the, the not only is the quality just exceptional as with everything that Marie does, but the content is just beyond invaluable. And the fact that this oh. is free, <laughs> I'm like, hello. Yes. <laughs> well, I, Thank you. And we want to do that for a few reasons. First of all, I really believe in the power of small business. I really believe in teaching people, even if they don't want to be entrepreneurs, how to think and behave like entrepreneurs. So again, I believe in this mission so much. Like even if someone never becomes a customer, I'm cool with that. As long as I know that my time on this planet, I have shared the things that I've learned that can help other humans, I'm good. The other thing I want to share too, Julie, is um, it's not up yet, but it's going to be up soon. We're actually doing a free webinar called The Five Biggest Mistakes Even Smart Entrepreneurs Make and How to Avoid Them. And this is new content that I've never shared before. Um, And it's very, very, very tactical. So if you're like the free video series is super tactical, but the webinar gets even deeper into the nitty gritty. And that's coming up in a few weeks. Awesome. And we can find that at marieforleobschool.com as well. Yes. Yeah. You'll, you'll get um, an email about as soon as it's ready for registration. We'll have that up. Awesome. Well, before we wrap this up, I wanted to ask you a question that I ask everyone that comes on the show. Yes. And that is what does influence mean to you? Influence, you know, it's a really powerful word, right? Some people shy away from it. Some people love it. I happen to love it. I think when you think about the etymology of the word, um, it's about coming from astrology and flowing from the stars, right? It's about impacting things or moving things here on earth. I think in an everyday sense, influence is really the ability to inspire change, the ability to inspire change in someone's thinking or feeling or behavior. And like any tool, it can be used for good or evil. And I think when you have a big heart and when you care about others and when you love and you have compassion and empathy, the ability to influence others to do things that are in their best interests is one of the most powerful skills you can learn. Mm. Well, if you are listening today and you want to dive deeper into this conversation, as well as grab access to Marie's free three-part series and learn more about B-School and of course, where to catch Marie TV, head on over to marieforleobschool.com for all the B-School goodness and then the influencerpodcast.com where we will have today's show notes and links to all of these resources waiting for you. And while you're there, make sure to sign up for the newsletter where you will gain exclusive access to my personal takeaways of this episode that I only share on our newsletter. Marie, I just want to thank you so much again for not only the work that you do, but really how you choose to show up in this world. You have shown me that you two are really walking the same path that I and so many others are. And luckily for us, we have you here extending your hand to help us walk along that road to leadership. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Julie. It's my honor. Thanks so much for having me on the show. 
Are you ready to create your own industry-leading influence? For show notes, downloads, and action-based tips, head to www.theinfluencerpodcast.com where you can find out more about this week's episode, guest, and our host, Julie Solomon. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please take a minute to go to iTunes and leave a review so we can help other influencers like yourself build their own successful business.